0: So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another one in our series here of uh, our Loan Watch, where we look at the great and the good of Aston Villa in the academy that have gone out and found pastures new on loan to try and hone their skills. And this one I'm super, super excited about because it's Cameron Archer. It's somebody we've seen score goals in uh, for Aston Villa prior to going on loan. And I'm delighted today to be joined by Ollie from the Butter by Pie podcast, uh, Preston North End podcast. And this is one I'm really looking forward to chatting on, Ali. But first, before we get into Cameron Archer, how are you getting on? Uh,
1: I'm great, thank you. Um, I couldn't be better. Um, you know, spending my Wednesday uh, morning afternoon speaking about Cameron Archer, one of the one of the highlights of last season. So yeah, I couldn't be better.
0: Excellent, excellent. And I'm delighted that you're as excited to speak about him as as, as I am, because little do a lot of people know, but there was a good portion of this season before Cameron Archer went out and loan, where he was Aston Villa's top scorer. <laughs> <laughs> and for for realistically for a kid that uh you know and being really honest the the academy have done a great job in building this guy up and, and persevering with him and keeping with him because he, he wasn't really putting up a massive amount of trees uh over the three years previously that he was with the academy went out to solihull moors last season scored six and 29 and then he just emerges this season for Aston Villa and to be able to see this guy and this guy's movement and this guy's ability to take a snapshot is something that um, that is almost bred out of players in in the academy system. But for them to persevere and allow him to do that was fantastic to see for Aston Villa. And then he gets his loan move to Preston and we were all thrilled to bits that he was going to a championship club, number one, but also he was going to a club whereby he would have the opportunity to play a nice handful of games. So talk to me a small bit about Cameron Archer and I suppose – how the feeling is about Preston North End, what he was like when he came into the club. Um,
1: so to start off with, it, it was it was a bit of I'm, I'm unsure, like a bit of uncertainty because hmm. you know obviously we saw the clips, you know um, me and the podcast boys, we watched them against Barrow and thought, yes, he's a real deal. But obviously so, some PE fans may have not, uh, you know, looked into it, so they've been a bit a bit uncertain. But from hmm. the second he came in, you knew he was special, you know. Uh, I remember the first game. It was away at West Brom, and he came off the bench, um, <laughs> and he he just he just brought something different to the table because we we, we have a striker called Emil Reese who mm-hmm. usually you know plays on the last of the defender, so um, he kind of runs in behind, and Cameron Archer's come in and just filled the gaps in front and you know create space for himself, and although although he's a fantastic finisher. He also can, you know, create things. So it's it's he's really advanced us as an attacking threat for the fact that yes, he does score goals, but the fact he can create chances for everything out everyone else, and especially Emil Reese You know, it's it's brilliant to see. I mean, I was speaking to uh, the boys in the group chat before. Uh, I said where where do you rank him among star you know best low knees and they went yeah he's up there with like Aiden McGeady and stuff he was you know super like what <laughs> one of my favorite players for Preston North End so you know he's he's been absolutely fantastic this season you know he's he's i think I think he's played every game he's come in this season and I think only twice he's been on the bench and the rest he's played you know either full 90s or get taken off around about 80 minutes
0: Mm-hmm. And that's going to be invaluable for his for his uh, his development. And you know, I, I suppose once again, Aston Villa fans were were surprised that yes, he comes on against Barrow and he scores those goals against Barrow. But you know, with all greatest respect to Barrow, um, even though we did have a, 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 I suppose a second string team out, he still had to score those goals. You know, and then that was all well and good. And then we played Chelsea in the League Cup as well, and he comes off the bench and he scores for me, is one of the best headers I've seen anyone score this season. I thought it was just an absolute fantastic header um, that that he scores against Chelsea. And you kind of look at him and, you know, he's not the tallest man in the world. I I don't know what height he's actually listed at. I'd say he's 5'10", maybe 5'. You know, he's not not the tallest, but he's got a spring in his step. And I think what I'm trying to get at here is that his attribute levels, he does everything at a 7 out of 10 already, I think. Um, like he's not going to wow you at massive pace, he's not going to be like, like he's not, he doesn't have, um, how do I put it? He doesn't have this Wayne Rooney kind of brutish strength that he can go around with at, at the age of 1920. And he's not like a Raheem Sterling who's going to flick over like 40 or 50 step overs or whatever before he shifts the ball to the right and bends one in the top corner, but he does everything. He plays the game correctly, is from what I can see. Would that be a fair assessment of him, or do you have you seen something different in his twenty games for Preston? Um,
1: I I, I could say you are wrong in two of them statements. I say the first two because I think he's a lot quicker than everyone realizes, and I think one of the main things that did surprise me. And I know you mentioned, yeah, he may not be the you know as strong as Wayne Rooney, but. My God, he holds that ball up well, and you know yeah. he, he bounces off players, and it's you don't expect that of someone of like Cameron Archer. You know he's got the ball into his feet; he, he's on and off like two or three players at once, and you know, it, I'm not sure whether it's brute strength or or it's just you know maybe some agility or whatever. But he gets he he gets his body in the way. It's it, it's it's great to see how he does it. it I, I wouldn't. Necessarily say it's strength, but it's it's definitely an attribute that he does have. He does have, yeah. Um, may, maybe he doesn't, you know, take it past three or four players, but you know, we can definitely take it past one or two and you know, find a shot on goal or you know, spread it out wide. But it's he's a very surprising player to come up against.
0: Yeah, and and that's that's exactly. I was going to be my next key as well. So. Yes, I've just spoken about. He's probably seven out of ten and everything at the moment. At, at the age of twenty, and there's potential to grow here. And he does some great things. You know, he snapshot when he takes a snapshot on goal. He very rarely misses the target. Well, when he was with Villa, I'm gonna obviously I haven't watched every game that he's played for Preston North End, but when he's when he was with Villa, he he would take snapshots or he take earlier shots than than more overly coached players is what I'm going to call them. You know, so we've got Danny Ings and Ali and, and Watkins. One of my bugbearers with the two of them at the moment is they're looking for the perfect shot. They don't take snapshots, keep, catch keepers off guard. At at Villas under 23s, and I know you're playing against the goalkeeper that's going to be less experienced or whatever, but you know, Cameron Archer, if the ball dropped him at the edge of the area or maybe 25 yards out, he'd just stick a foot through it and it'd end up in the bottom corner. He saw so he's willing to do that. And what that what he reminds me of when he does that is, is kind of like a, if you look back at, pro, I'm not going to even say prime Nicholas Anelka, but Nicholas Anelka when he was with Bolton, uh, he kind of reminds me of that type of player. Even Nicholas Anelka when he went to Chelsea. And I'm not saying that he's Nicholas Anelka, obviously. There's people that are spitting out their coffee all over the country. At the <laughs> called, Who's this nut job saying that we've got Nicholas Anelka? But it's just the way that he just swings a leg at things, but it's a controlled swing a leg and it ends up going on target. And the more shots you have on target, the more likely you are going to score. And that, that I think is something that, um, that, that I really love about him. He scored seven goals in the 20 appearances that he's had for Preston. Um, I'm going to put you in the spot now, and I never said this to you before the podcast, but can you recall maybe what were your favorite of those goals or one that really sticks out in your mind was, and what was so good about it?
1: Uh, block most definitely. Blackpool. <laughs> okay,
0: um,
1: uh, he got given goal of the season. Um, Against Blackpool, I've got to be honest to you though. Even even if he uh, even if he fell over onto his backside and it hit him in the back of the head and it rolled over the line for two yards, it probably would have won goal of the season. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was in the stadium for when it went. The ball just gets played through to him, and you know he's about twenty yards out. And as you just mentioned, snapshots that he's literally just received the ball first time. He's hit it as hard as he can right direct as a bullet into the bottom corner and you know mm. it abs- absolutely erupted detail and uh, I, it's definitely one of my favourites I don't think it, it's the best technically that he scored I think you know uh, he scored one away at Peterborough in know one no win uh, where he picked it up and you know he just bent it into the top left hand corner with hardly any you know foot mm. swing which was very impressive but you know, he's got, he's got, he's got to be uh, the Blackpool goal, really. So, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, he takes snapshots. He, he did it against Hull, actually. Um, that, that was a, a big memory. Where um, I think it was like two minutes before he uh, the ball came to him, and he just smashed it. He rattled against the post, like, and then two minutes later, he gets the ball again, hits it straight again. You know, and we're one 0 up. So he, he takes these snapshots and. You know, the keepers aren't expecting it. Even defenders aren't expecting it, especially against Blackpool, because to be fair, he could have easily been closed down a lot more by uh, the Blackpool defender. But, you know, he's it, it a surprising player, as I say. And, you know, he scores these great goals. So hopefully, you know, he's scoring uh, some more in a lily white shirt next season.
0: Yeah, and we'll get on to that in a moment because I do want to talk about your manager and the potential link that he has with our current coaching staff and so on. And and he talks about it quite a bit. We will talk about that in a moment. But you do know when when he's known around body more heat as Little Tevez. So uh, I know I just said about about Nicholas Necka. We're throwing around some rich names here. <laughs> I'm completely aware of this, but I can't control the fact that he's known around Bodenmore. He, he does little Tevez, and what you've kind of described there is this confidence in his ability and and a kind of a you know, as I say, he'll he'll have his pot shot, and I'm liking what I hear because we saw it at Villa, and he hasn't lost that when he's gone to when he's gone to the Championship. And I know you're saying that defenders should close him down and to, and, and so on and so forth, but. If you have a player who can drop into those pockets and pull defenders, specifically centre-halves out of position, and then you have that opportunity to make have a pot shot from a bit further further out, they're in an uncomfortable situation already. The goalkeeper is uncomfortable because the distance, he can see the distance between between where the, where the defender is and, oh my God, is there someone going to make a run, a diagonal run in past here? I'm goosed. If they do, I'm going to have to come off my line. So they're thinking in a million miles an hour, and then all of a sudden, he just bangs in the bottom corner. And I think that's a lost art of football at the moment, specifically amongst younger players, because younger players are huge about, um, you know, making the perfect thing. And if it isn't on, we need to pass it. And it has to be a complete team game. But there is an opening market, I think definitely within the Premier League, for someone who can have that snapshot. Probably the one of the best at the moment in, in the Premier League is probably Harry Kane or somebody like that, who just backs himself to score and doesn't mind if he's that big greedy. And I wouldn't mind if we had somebody like that in our team. And obviously, from what you say, you don't mind having him on your team as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a small a bit of a deviation here as well, because I know there's a lot. Obviously, I'm Irish. Spoiler alert. But uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's a there's a big Irish influence on, on, on your, it, within the, the, the Preston North End uh, team at the moment. Obviously, Captain Alan Brown, who's somebody that performs really well for the Republic of Ireland. Um, Sean Maguire. And it's really Sean Maguire I want to talk about, because has... Has uh, has Cameron Archer come in and been able to play with a striker of the ilk of Sean Maguire? Or has he really replaced Sean Maguire within the team when he's come, since he's come in? The reason I ask is because they, they, for me, would be probably competing types of players. And if he does come back to Villa, I think he's going to be competing with players, kind of more energy-based and, and endeavour-based players like like Sean Maguire, if he comes back to Aston Villa.
1: Uh well, to say the least, he definitely um, ended up replacing Sean Maguire. Um, Sean, Sean Maguire, I mean, albeit he, he's done superbly for the club and, you know, I, th- I think he hasn't scored a outfield goal in about two years, Sean Maguire. So, but what I would say is Sean Maguire is a fantastic footballer and he, he does, does the same things as Cameron Archer, um, whereas... You know, he does pick up the ball, this, that and the other. And I think they're quite similar players. But the, the thing is, Cameron Archer has much more confidence in front of goal. Mm. So, so you know, I, I, th- I think Cameron Archer has just, you know, gone straight in. You know, at the start of the season, we were playing with Sean Maguire. We were playing with, you know, Emo Reese. Archer's yeah. picked up a fantastic partnership with, um, especially in recent games. And it's the unselfishness of... You know, um, Sean Maguire and, you know, Cameron Archer came in and, you know, he was a bit bit selfish in a way, but he was scoring. So. Mm. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps)
1: Who's going to stop him if he's scoring? And you know, by the end of it, he's becoming more unselfish as well. And mm. um, you know, it's really, really working, um, especially in the last few games of the season. But I mean, if Cameron Archer does end up coming back, um, I, I don't think Sean Maguire will really, you know, get a sniff between yeah. him and Emo Reese.
0: Um, and with Emma Reese obviously being a taller striker, um, six foot three. Um, I didn't actually know that Emmy Rees, and I was just doing a bit of bit of, uh, bit of uh, prep work beforehand, him, but I didn't know that he came through the Derby County Academy, uh, which is really interesting. So he did know English football. But um, do you think that a lot of the the leeway or the space that the Cameron Archer has been able to find is because there's a bigger guy alongside him? Because there's a bit of a conversation in Aston Villa at the moment that our strikers are a bit samey, and we've got no change of pace striker or a bigger guy to come on and bully people. Is Cameron Archer, uh, 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 I suppose, a beneficiary of his size, or is it just coincidental that he's a bigger type of, type of striker?
1: I think it's coincidental because M.O. Reese, you know, he plays off, you know, the last line of defenders and mm-hmm. runs him behind. Yeah, he's big, but you don't really think of M.O. Reese of you know bringing a ball down and you know then playing from there, where you know the long ball comes, you stick it on M.O. Reese and then you play from there. To be fair, I'd probably say Cameron Archer's done that job. You know, it may it may okay. sound surprising in the fact that you know we've we've just given it into you know Cameron Archer's feet. He's made it stick. He's given it out to either you know Daniel Johnson, who's our um, most creative former, midfielder, former villain, former Aston uh, Villa player. We left him go for uh, a song. A lot
0: of people are still sour about that. Fifty grand, I think it was.
1: Yeah, yeah, fifty grand, fifty grand. Daniel Johnson. Um, <laughs> but yeah. He, he just makes things stick. And it, it, even if he has time, you know, he can turn the ball and mo Reese races on the back. He's on the last defender and you can just thread him through. So, I really think, you know, Comes calling me again once <laughs> <All laughs> I right, You are good. No, um, uh, but seriously, he's, he's much more creative and, you know, play, playing alongside Emil, he, he's just gaining so much more quality, you know, playing playing alongside someone because it's he's given him different qualities that you, you probably don't think he needs as a striker, but definitely mm. do have a second strike. And, you know, I think that's what he's has got to be, you know, potentially when he does go back to Villa. And I have no doubts about enforcing him, forcing him his way into the first team, you know, whether that be this season or next season. Mm. I do think he'll, you know, play in behind, you know, uh, another strike and just play slightly off the striker rather than being, you know, the sole yeah.
0: striker. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense for me. So we spoke about, we spoke about Ryan Lowe, um, or potentially, you know, the, the, the links that Ryan Lowe might have with Steven Gerrard. And, uh, we spoke, you, you mentioned that you're hoping that, uh, that this, uh, Cameron Archer has, uh, scores more goals in the Lily White shirt next season. Um, Ryan Lowe hasn't been quiet about wanting him back next season. And obviously, he does have that link with with Stephen Jarrett. But let's talk about Ryan Lowe as a manager, first of all. What's your guys' feelings on him? And what's the style of play that I suppose he's implemented within Preston North End? Because that gives everybody a kind of a feeling for maybe what Cameron Archer could have picked up as well. So, Ryan Lowe came in, you
1: know, he came in from Plymouth after. um, Mm. Put it this way... um, even if he came in and, did, you know, we, we ended up finishing seventeenth <laughs> we couldn't have been playing worse if we tried, I, I, I can't be honest. Was that on Neil? Was that on Frankie, Frankie
0: McAvoy? Off, uh, Frankie
1: Alex, Alex, Alex Neil um, left in February, and I felt bad about Alex, because really get back in January, and it was yeah. quite a lot of sales. So we gave it to Frankie McAvoy and it was a bit of a, you know, stopgap, you know, manager. He just won't go working around those. And he's first of all, he's galvanised the fan group, and you know the fans that are fully behind him. We've sold more season tickets this season already um, than any other season. But the way he plays is, you know, to be fair, quite similar to uh, what Frankie set us up in. Is the fact that he plays free at the back. um, He plays with wing backs. And then it's it's a bit of a diamond, so it's like two central eights, a ten, and then two strikers. Okay. And he asks a lot from the wing backs as well. And in recent games, you know, I don't think Ryan Lowe has you know the wing backs that he needs. And as we've mentioned, Daniel Johnson, he's you know a creative ten. We've been playing him out at left wing back, and interesting. It's worked to say the least. We have scored seven goals in two games, so it's that type of. System And, you know, he, he, ha, he has been seen to um, change to a 4 in-game. You know, he, ha, he has stuck coming Archer out wide, but it do, doesn't really work. Okay. And he's he's mentioned that he's going to change personnel rather than change formation. So he's he's a manager that does stick to his guns in a way. And, you know, he, he wants to play this style of football. And as I've mentioned, the last two games, he's been altering around a few things, you know, Potentially playing Cameron Archer in a bit more, you know, I know he's been creative, but a bit more creative role. And, you know, he got an assist against Middlesbrough last game of the season. He should have had a goal, um, but Paddy McNair handballed it on the line. And, you know, Emor Reese was on a hat trick. So the, the penalty <laughs> yes, had to go to Emor Reese. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it, it seems that Cameron Archer's fitting into this system as kind of, Kind of a second strike, but also a strike in the same sense. It's just, yeah. you know, he, he's given, like, more responsibility to create things not only for himself, but for M.O. Reese as well.
0: Good, because when we were using him, we, like, when he was asked him for that, it was a case of, okay, you stand up there at the top, and we'll get the ball to you, and you do what you need to do. And I think that that's a really interesting part, and that's something I'm really enthused by, the fact that he's been given license to and not just be the the guy. Okay. You stand up there and stay out of the way and we'll get you the ball and you'll put in the back of the net. Okay. Because at 20 years of age, you don't want to be pigeonholed as just a finisher. You know, you need to have a bit more to your game. And he's now in with the England 21s. He's obviously got England under twenties caps. And, and he's going to grow. That's going to grow his game. If he's got any aspirations of an international future, he's going to need to be able to tread the lines between those two players. So I'm really enthused by what you said there. Um, what what do you think that the, the chances are he's back next season? Because I suppose for me, I'll 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 give my, my views on it at first. I would say there's a high chance. I would say it could be anywhere between sixty and seventy percent chance that he's back there, but I definitely think it could be one of these ones that happens maybe after the League Cup. Um it happens maybe if Aston Villa signs somebody like uh and we have to, have to whisper his name Louis because Suarez. people don't like me say Luis Suarez. Yeah. <laughs> if they sign someone like that, uh, because you know it's 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 it splits the fan base. It splits the fan base. But um, if we did, uh, we're still going to need three strikers. I suppose it's all consequent of uh, maybe Keenan Davis, that guy who might be a different type player. If he comes back and stays or goes to Forest, who knows? Um, I'd say it's probably somewhere between 60%, 60, 65 70% that he would maybe go back out and loan. And I think it would probably make sense to let him continue his development at Preston North End. What, what, what's the feeling around Deepdale about him coming back?
1: It's quite optimistic, to be fair. Um there was an interview last uh, bit of the season. I'm not sure if it's Ryan Lowe, you know, trying to get more bums and, on seats, but he's <laughs> he's, he's uh, he said that Cameron Archer's told him that the only place he wants to come back to on loan is Preston North End. So we're just yeah. hold, holding hope. And, you know, he, he made an Instagram post and we had all Preston North End players go and see you next season, Cameron. Yeah. So we we're like, you know, there's a bit of optimism. If he's allowed out on loan, I think he will come back to Preston. And I think that's the optimism. Um, But as you said, yeah, it does matter if, you know, Aston Villa do go out and find the striker that you probably are needing to go up top Mm -hmm. with, you know, either Ollie Watkins or Danny Ings because you do need three strikers. And Keenan Davis has been doing brilliantly at Nottingham Forest and, you know, he'll probably be wanting to, you know, if he's offered Premier League football, because I don't think he'll probably start for Aston Villa, he might, might go into Nottingham Forest, so... To, to be fair, um, even for Aston Villa, you know, um, fans, Preston North End fans are also, you know, looking and waiting and hoping that Aston Villa sign a striker. So um, Cameron Archer does become available to come out on loan. But if he's available for loan, I will say a ninety-five percent chance he comes back to Preston. Um, obviously, Michael Beale is uh, going to be the caretaker manager. But yeah, uh, I, th- I think I uh, think I think Ryan Lowe's going to be having Steve G on speed dial. To be fair, because they are they are good mates. So yeah, if if anything you know comes in about QPR wanting him, I think I think Ryan Lowe will be knocking on the door at Bodymore. He so uh, <laughs> it's,
0: <laughs> it's an interesting one not- that you say that because geez, yeah, I just I was just thinking there because I think the championship are going to have Aston Villa Aston Villa uh, Academy players in demand for loans. Obviously, we've got Dean Smith. He knows those players inside out. He's going to want to do a rebuilding job at Norwich. We know Norwich don't blow cash. They don't spend a lot of it. They they live on parachute payments. Michael Beale, who is at the time of recording here, not the QPR manager just yet, but looks like it's only a matter of time. Um, and then, obviously, you know, Ryan Law having such a good, uh, good camaraderie with the, um, with, with the, with the guys at Villa. And then there's also loads of other, uh, other connections there in uh, from the West Brom side of things. I don't, I know we're not going to be loaning players out to West Brom and stuff, but West Brom Academy has uh, spread its wings, and a lot of, lot of coaches are are moved around. And Obviously, we've got Neil Critchley, at former Liverpool under-23s coach, coached with Mike Beale, coached with uh, with with Stephen Jarrett there at Blackpool. So there's just like literally everybody has Steve. That's one of the blessings and the curses of having a famous manager like Stephen Jarrett. Everybody's, he's got everybody's phone number, but everybody has his phone number too as well. <laughs> so, you know, if there is if there is a, a battle to be had for people going out on loan. And, and I've mentioned it before in a couple of other podcasts. Villa really valued the loan system. The 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 new look Aston Villa over maybe the last eighteen months two years we valued the loan system. It's not about getting them to the best team or getting them to the to the top division. Uh, that that we could possibly get them into. It's getting them into the right team where they can grow, they can learn, they can play to their strengths. And we've seen that with Kane Kessler hayden earlier on this season. We've seen that with Louis Barry. We've seen that with Cameron Archer and Finn Azaz as well. Somebody who's gone under the under the the radar at Newport County. We've certainly seen that with him. He was put into a situation where he was uh, where he was playing in a team that that played him to his strengths, and, and he ended up winning League League Two Young Player of the Year. So um and that's somebody who literally signed for Villa and was out and loan less than 24 hours later. You know, so Villa didn't even actually get him into the ground at all. They just loaned him out and they had a perfect plan for him. So it's interesting. And, and as I say, what I'm, the reason I'm saying this is Villa's loan strategy um, is very much to build up relationships, find players the right places to play. And it's all about the development of the player as opposed to, well, we're going to put him in a team here who think they need him to get over the line to to win the championship or whatever, but he's only going to get 10 games. Much better if he was to go out and get 48 games next season or whatever it is, uh, you know, including cups. Uh, that would be fantastic for him. Um, but no, that's great. Ali. Uh, we, we're we nearly talking about half an hour and I said I'd only keep you 15 minutes, so I really, really appreciate appreciate the time you've given me and I know that you do have to pop off in a moment. Any final words on Cameron Archer before I, I let you go?
1: Uh, um, I mean, even if he doesn't come back, he's uh, written himself in as a pressing offhand legend for the goal against Blackpool. Um, <laughs> he... Uh, I'm unsure whether or not he's ready for the Premier League football next season. I yeah. mean my heart my heart says, you know, I, I've seen him at Deepdale and he's been fantastic. But, you know, my brain's probably is saying, you know, he probably does need another year, you know, and a full season under his belt at the championship level, you know. I'm, I'm not I, I'm back in Preston to, you know, finish, you know, um at least the top half of the table. And, you know, Cameron Archer will He'll definitely at least get you know 46 games a season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would be very surprised if you know we brought in anyone alongside the caliber of Cameron Archer to 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 you know try and put put in competition for him because he's he's, he's above the level you know of pressing off end, but he does suit him. It does That's suit him, and you know uh, the the way we play suits him. You know. He's probably better than you know the majority of players at Preston North End. You know that's that's not anything bad against Preston North End. It's just the quality of Cameron Archer. So you know, I, I'd I'd love Cameron Archer back next season. I can't lie, and you know, in my head we we are getting Cameron Archer back. You know, I'm <laughs> um, we're going through like we we did a few summer transfer windows. You know, I was like, oh, we'll just leave striker because you know Cameron Archer's coming back. So we're we're all in hope that he's coming back. But you know, in in the future, we'll we'll definitely keep an eye opening for him. And you know, I have no doubts he's going to play for the first uh, first team of Villa. And you know, and all, all the boys in the podcast, we, we did a vote and we said that we'd be surprised if he didn't play for the England national team one in the future. Wow. So. He's 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 really really influenced us all, and you know we, we just hope that he comes back. And you know he, he's got that he's got that connection with the fans because Ryan Lowe always does a fist bump at, after every win, and at the end of the season. So uh, when they are doing player awards, he ordered the clap around, and uh, he got Cameron Archer to do the fist pump instead, or, or to the home fans. So you know. He's got that connection with the fans. He's got the connection with the players. He's got the connection with the manager. Hopefully we have that connection again next season.
0: Yeah. And I know I don't want to bring up all players, for, but when you mentioned about Cameron Archer playing for England, if David Nugent can play for England, Cameron Archer can play for England. And I know I know you were going to say, David Nugent's a Preston North End legend. <laughs> uh,
1: he scored. So, you know, what one appearance, one goal. The best... That's the best it. Uh, ratio in football, David Nugent, and that's going to stay close to my heart. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Well, listen, Ali. thanks so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. For everybody, if you're adopting a second team, maybe you are, maybe you want to follow Cameron Cameron Archer next season. I know you said Cameron Nugent. Cameron Archer next season, and he does go out on loan again to Preston North End. Well, the best place to follow him, best place to see how he's playing, the best place to hear glowing words from what I can tell about him will be on the Butter Pie podcast. So, uh, you know, I, I do listen to other fans' podcasts. I do listen to other podcasts with other players. The um, point yeah. When, when I can, when I get time. So I would implore you guys, if Cameron Archer does rock up in, Lil, in the lily white of uh, Preston North End next season, the Butter Pie podcast is it definitely one to listen to for match reviews to hear how he's getting on. But thanks so much, everybody for, for listening. Thanks again to Ali. Um, if you guys could give this a little thumbs up on YouTube, I'd really appreciate it. Don't forget the audio podcast as well. If you're not subscribed, please do. Some of these will be going out audio versions only and we don't want you to miss them. So this is another one uh, in our series of Our lone watch. Delighted to talk about Cameron Archer. For everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, and until the next time, all that's left to say is up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.